You know, hockey has cheerleaders too. There we go. No, it doesn't. Good morning, Good morning everybody. everybody. Welcome to the Valley Cast. You've got Joe, Steve, and Elliot. And I'm going to start off this with a real quick shout out to Gonzaga University. Way to make it to the Elite Eight. You went far beyond what people expected you to do this year. And I appreciated the journey. Shout out to Drew Timmy for doing things that no other basketball player has ever done uh, at Gonzaga or in college basketball. Um, that was fun. Uh, I had a great run watching the March Madness this year. This is the first year that my son has, or anybody in my family sat down and watched with me and he got hooked and it was so cool because uh, he actually wanted to sit there and cheer with me and he got invested and it was very oh, cool. hard. cool. Did you give him a cool. beer? I did. He, <clears throat> did. Uh, Good. You should get those non-alcoholic ones I recommended you and give him one of those. Cause they're cool. Ooh. I still find it. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, um, Don't feel like watching movies so I'll People guess them instead. I don't know how it goes. I think it starts with your show. That's uh, not a gateway drink. <laughs> you, <laughs> so you you got him into sports. You got you did it. You got your I, kid into sports. I, I got mean, him into it's enjoying, preemptive. Yeah, preemptive. I got him into enjoying uh, like, watching. Uh, being invested in something and cheering for it, and it was really fun. It yeah, was fun, uh, cool. just the two of us hanging out and, and him <clears throat> knowing the players <clears throat> and being upset when like it, it taught him the game, which was really fun too. It was fun watching him learn. In oh, real fun! Time. Joe, do you remember that movie? Uh, Stay tuned, pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah, it's a movie where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the devil installs satellite televisions in people's homes and then it sucks them into the tv mm -hmm. and then they get to be tortured through like hellish television like depending on of, the channels yeah depending on the channels and then and for some reason we got to see all i mean we got to see all sorts of fun weird hell versions of tv like Wayne's Underworld and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yep. And then at one point, there's a commercial for like non-alcoholic beer for kids. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, I'm have to check that it's, out again. It, it, it's because because it, when I was like, did you did you give Jackson a beer? It reminded me of that commercial in Stay Tuned. Basically, it's got this kid wearing like a tank top at the breakfast table. And the commercial's like, now you can drink like your dad or whatever. And the kid like he like downs one, and then he he cr he like crushes it and throws it behind his head. And then he looks over at his mom and he burps and goes, "Give me another one, babe." Is that what is that what Jackson does? That's what I was. All I can picture is Jackson going saying it to your mom. <laughs> Just Give finishes me another his juice one, box. babe. Yeah. <laughs> Just because dad says, "Give me another one, babe," to his wife uh, to bring the, him another beer. <laughs> the premise of Stay Tuned is literally just a Futurama episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it though. That movie's yeah. so stupid and bad. John Ritter, rest in peace, John. Well, Ritter. anyway, guys, Elliot, uh, we were we were sans an Elliot last episode. But Elliot, I don't know if you know this, but my friend is making a Lost documentary, a documentary about the movie Lost. And um, this morning they made the announcement that the first time show, I mean, we made the announcement on the podcast last week pretty much, but Whoa. They, they made an announcement this morning that the first time show is in the movie. And uh, they interviewed Owen and Brett and I, and uh, 
was, it was <laughs> they interviewed you guys for yeah yeah for a lot because we did a lost podcast yeah. and it's all about the the documentaries about lost and the fandom and how it affected pop culture and all that shit it looks really cool it's called getting lost so you did an interview for a documentary about a podcast about a show? We did an interview <laughs> on a documentary about a show as because a podcast. A, as okay. So we appeared and then we were, you interviewed the man who interviewed you on a podcast that is closely connected to a <laughs> podcast that featured yourself and other lost fans correct. that's correct <laughs> cool, <clears throat> that's cool. correct all right so anyway i just wanted to give a quick update on that and uh it was a fun episode my friend ralph will probably come back eventually to promote the movie again but uh to meet him. he showed us a, a he showed a frightening image that he took of himself at a comic-con in like 2004 or something and you could see me and my ex-wife in the background, like clear as day. And he like had that picture and like, <laughs> he, Did we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. We did not know each other. We had not met each other. Right. But I am in the background of one of his Comic-Con photos, like clear as day. It's terrifying. Did you send the photo to? Yes. It's your... in the episode, I think. Right. You sent it to your ex. <laughs> you sent it to your ex-wife. I sent it to her. Yeah. Okay, and she said, "Oh, good, <laughs> really, good." No, I didn't fucking send it to my ex. Okay, oh, why? <laughs> that really took a sweet turn. I was like, I didn't know that. You genuinely got me. That is that is amazing. If if, if you guys all can't tell, we got we filmed this at eight a.m. on Sundays. <laughs> it takes a while to warm up, yeah. dude. Uh, there's a. Uh, Taco Bell. Have you guys ever heard of Yeasty Boys? No, but are you about to talk about that downtown sit and eat Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know about this? There's like a Yeasty Boys Taco Bell collab. And they're doing like a Taco Bell truck. And Matt, Rob, and I are going to go try and brave it. But it's not going to be a good plan. We're doing that in like an hour. Oh, early an morning hour? Sunday, in, in Taco hour? Bell. <laughs> I've got my pants on and everything. I'm Get just gonna Taco run, Bell pants. I'm gonna run right out the door. But it's a Taco Bell truck. And when was this, last time you had Taco Bell? Honestly, it's been a few weeks. Nice. Okay. What about you, Joe? I would, oh, I don't have it that often. When I do have it, it's because Jackson really wants it, and I just get a slushy. Well, I um, you don't like uh, you don't it. like Mexican food. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know how we haven't talked about this before. That's crazy. Steve, do uh, you want to? I don't know. I want to know more. That's funny. Like you should. Just... I, I want to know more, Joe. You know, you don't like Taco Bell food? I don't mind it. It's just I'm at the point now where it's like, I like my tummy to feel okay. It doesn't make your tummy feel good? I don't, no, it doesn't. I don't walk no. away. It doesn't make my tummy nor my guilt center feel great when, I, when after I eat some Taco Bell. No, you don't walk away going, wow, I'm living my best life. And I don't stay up till two in the morning anymore. Where when and that's where it tastes the best. Like that two in the morning, just like it's been a long night with friends. What do we want to do? Let's get some Taco Bell. Yeah, I ordered bed it before on, that moment. I ordered it almost exactly a week ago. A week ago and maybe eight hours because I we came back from watching Pitbull, Imagine Dragons, and Weezer, 
and we ordered Taco Bell uh, at midnight. And that's the perfect that time to do it. Who was the best? Time. Now tell who, us about that concert. Yeah, who was the best in that lineup? Um, well, you're not going to believe it. I enjoyed Weezer the most. Mm. <laughs> Did you guys know? Let me ask you something. Do you guys know what the lead singer of Imagine Dragons looks like? No. Yes, he is the most, like, just basic dude-looking dude. Well, just maybe, a dude. maybe the last time you saw him uh -oh. is that that's what he looked like. But <laughs> that man has gotten quite a, a personal trainer. And he oh, do you looks, get all yoked? He comes out totally shirtless. Oh, yeah, he's yoked. Uh, ripped. <laughs> And starts being, you make me a believer. And I was like, okay. I turned to Grace and she was like, wow. And I was like, well, we can go. You turned uh, to Grace and said, he made me a believer. Yep. Uh, I stand by, he looks like you're just normal, everyday, basic dude. Yes, but now he he's yoked and seems to be on the Danny Elfman diet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. He's got a little bit of a Ryan Philippe thing going on yes yes he does great comparison steve he did great great concert weezer was great he said two things to the audience rivers said two things he said one are you guys ready to get weezered and he said that four songs gave him shit for saying that i hope later. they did <laughs> as they were cashing their checks and uh and then he said the second thing he said to the audience was it's weezer <laughs> wait rivers said that yeah. Didn't about, he used to talk to the audience a bunch about aliens this and shit? Time. No, he didn't do he didn't do any of that. Wow, maybe you guys he ready to get wizard? Maybe he learned his lesson. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Where did where did we see this? Where did you go? This is Tampa, Florida, outside the Raymond James <laughs> Stadium, home of the Buccaneers, part of the Innings it. Festival, celebrating the spring training season for baseball. So it was Pitbull, Weezer, Imagine Dragons, and various baseball players. <laughs> what a lineup. So, th there's so an, weird. Uh, there's a website called Queerty, and it's there's an article that says, Imagine Dragons singer Dan Reynolds' sweaty abs have the gays imagining something. Yeah, exactly. So the, what we a, what a headline. stuck around, and I was like, well, if we can, <laughs> you know. I was like, I didn't know he looked like that. So. Honestly, the, the, I, <clears throat> if you, if you had a, put a gun to my head and said, tell me what the guy from Imagine Dragons looks like, I'd be like, I'd think about how he's, he's like that radioactive song. Sounds like the kind of song a muscly guy would scream into a microphone. Yeah, it's like jock rock. Yeah, so I'd be like, I guess he's got, maybe he's got muscles. Yeah. Yeah, when you <laughs> see him, though, in person, and we were pretty far back at that point, Pitbull still brought the, the, um, brought, brought the place down. That guy knows how to put on a show, and it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life. If you ever what? get a chance to see Pitbull <laughs> while eating a corn dog or eating ice cream, something phallic, hopefully, it is quite funny to watch him. Can I ask he you? He plays old clips. He plays old music videos from songs that he's been in that are not his songs that he's just featured in. Fuck? And he just does it over and over again. And then he's got little dancers that come out that are specifically supposed to look like people like Jennifer Lopez. It's really great. I recommend it. You should do like a comedy show where it just plays clips of you guesting on other people's podcasts oh, and great. shows yeah. and stuff. <laughs> this is one time I was on Rhett and Link. <laughs> Check this out. 
Elliot, can I ask you a question about the show? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> did Pitbull bite any babies or children? Because <clears throat> I hear that they're prone to... Uh, anyway. Uh, they bite children and then they have to no, be put down. I'm glad no, to hear about Rivers Jack did. Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, Rivers did. Rivers, Rivers drowned is, a kid. So it's shy. Weezer! Ah! Rivers, Rivers bit a kid and then they yeah. tranquilized him. Uh, wait, wait, wait. How? Uh, what was the best part of the Weezer performance? What did? How many? They songs? did a bunch of old songs. They did a bunch. They played straight through. They were the only band that didn't walk off stage. They played a bunch of old deep cuts. They played. Cool. Uh, oh, you said they played Suzanne. Obscure. They played Suzanne. It was all acoustic. That's they crazy. Sang, um, they played a. Uh, greatest man that ever lived that's like a six and a half seven minute song uh great great stuff they played my name is jonas surf wax bunch of old Whoa. stuff they played good life el scorcho it was weird and what's weird about it is they for 20 years would do these concerts and people would want them to play the old songs and not the new ones and now they've been around so long that it switched back and when they play the old songs you can kind of tell the energy dies down a little bit because people don't want to hear those deep cuts anymore they want to hear like africa and beverly hills and pork and beans and all that stuff it's dude wild. this is the this is Crazy. I mean, they've been around forever. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a Weezer show knowing I'm gonna hear Surf Wax America or whatever that song's called. Something. And, yeah. They didn't and, play it to the end though. They cut it off short, which bummed me out because that. But I want to so go good. to. I want to hear all those old ones. You know, like yeah. I was talking to someone about the Weird Al self indulgent tour that very specifically yeah. is like we only do. The fucking non-parody stuff. All his originals, yeah. yeah. And like Which people very, were like, "Very good." Oh, mm-hmm. of course, it's some of his best shit, I think. And uh, the audience seemed so disappointed that he was just doing deep cuts. Yeah, it's like, do you did you did you read the ticket? <laughs> yeah, like it's not. It's so clear that he's not going to be doing the parodies, and it seems like because the audience is like low energy, he just come he busts out with the the force begins or whatever the fuck. It was like it was begins. like AKA the not doing Amish Paradise tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then he did it anyway because you know. Oh, did he? He still ended up playing some. He did like acoustic versions of them. Oh, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, he did. Out. He did. So at every show, he would do like two parody songs, and they'd be like at the very end of the set, and it was like acoustic and like nice. really low key. We saw um uh, also at this festival. There was oh sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, 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 no. I was going to ask more about the festival. Please. There's Group Love. Do you guys know that band? Group mm-hmm. Love? Yeah. Take me back to your best friend's house. Don't need me. I love I love that song. It came out like way post me being a young teenager. But if that would have came out when I was a teenager, that would have been such an anthem. Yeah. If that came out when I was a teenager, I probably would have gone to my best friend's house. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. In that moment. (laughs) But uh, no, I'm not taking the other one. I'm not going down (laughs) Fifth Street. I'm going (laughs) round the roundabout. I don't oh, care yeah. how I get there. Just take <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys, I don't know how to use a roundabout. Uh, <laughs> have you guys heard of a band called Japanese Breakfast? No. Yes. Also they very are, group lovey. They were there. Really? Very I'm going to figure fun. it out. I Wait, like did you lot. see all of these bands or nar? 
Yeah, that's all of them. They said two stages set up so you could go from one to the other and there was no there was no gaps in between and then it rained. And then Hell yeah, we, you went to a festival like a young young college. Like a young kid. buck, yeah. And we didn't we weren't drinking, so we were just high and walking around that's eating nice. ice cream. It was really nice. nice. And then we what ordered Taco the, Bell, now full circle. What was what would you say the median age was? You know, there were plenty of children. I'll say that. Lots of and children. By children you mean 19 and above? No, I mean children. Children. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I went to have like a family, like just a, like you said, it was like a baseball yeah. culture. They just, Pretty wild. You know, it was like a, a big old thing okay for the for community. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I went to go see uh, Poppy once. Oh, that's a, no, that's not one for the kids. You don't want No, don't but, want but they, but, but she had like, like so many kids were there. Wow. Like like an insane amount of kids. Like mostly kids. And then the parents that brought their kids. And I remember like <laughs> Well Poppy is is Pop a you know, a YouTuber that has probably catered to a child like audience, right? I mean, I you know I I think people di didn't understand the performance art aspect of Poppy and just were like these are cute songs and that's a cute girl doing cute songs and I think that kids get attracted to that on YouTube and shit because it's all over YouTube but it's not for kids at all. Like it's not it's performance art. Yeah. What's that song that she does where it's like, What's your bum at the bed? Yeah. Have you listened to her latest stuff? I just want the Elliot version of that song. I know. <laughs> it's I, good. I listened to, um, I don't know if she has latest stuff, but I I enjoy some of her songs. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's, they're good songs. I can honestly say I've never heard one, but because of go. your guys' uh, um, adamant. Uh, bringing up of it, I will check Dude, it listen out. Listen to this one. You I can't one? really hear that, but I will check it out. But you know, check Poppy went. Pop, remember when like Poppy went to the the streamies or something, and she was in like a plastic box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just so yeah. you two, I, it's like I wrote it off. I was like, okay, that's just that's that, that's some hey, look at meism, and I can't, uh, I can't handle but, it. It was actually more like what Lady Gaga does with her like meat outfits and stuff, but but Poppy was doing it in a like uh f like anti-establishment, anti-consumerism kind of way. It was weird. It just it was weird when Harley Morenstein popped out right after her. Yeah, like, how, how out of her skin. Fit? Like she spin, ripped her yeah. mouth open and Harley Crazy. came out. Well, Harley like a, is poppy. It's really cool. <laughs> Harley like a werewolf. Uh, it's like a VTuber. <laughs> Ellie, me telling you to sing poppy songs reminds me of a, a real <laughs> embarrassing text I sent. Uh I think within the last year, I was listening to Hall and Oates and I was like, Whoa, I got an idea. And I texted Rhett and Link and I was like, hey guys. I got the next biggest thing for you. You need to just cover all the Hall and Oates songs and release an album and call it Rawl and Oates. Rawl and Loats. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Joe, that is a terrible idea. Tell me that they did. Tell me that you didn't get a response. <laughs> tell me they've talked to you since then. Yeah, tell no, me they haven't talked to you like, since then. They might have been like one of those, just like. 
Might have been one of those Haas. Ha ha. Ha ha. Thumbs Get ups. Ha ha. Love no, you, Joe. I, Hope you're well. I, I honestly stand by the idea. I would listen to Rhett and Link cover and sing really good Hollow Notes songs and make like shitty recreated versions of the music videos. Yeah. I would love every second of it. I think it'd be great. But then they get to call it Rollin Lotes, and I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably would work. Joe, you have a ability to, to know that these things are. Um... Yeah, when this they're gonna could work, work. They're gonna work. It could work. Yeah. Yeah. They're, too, they're too busy. Those those guys are busy. <laughs> they are. They are, and they're too busy. Yeah, I can't they're too busy for your dipshit ideas. But fucking <laughs> text. That's no, so it's funny. very good. Like, and it is really in the in line with the things that they do. Right. It like exactly. isn't completely out of the ordinary for something that they'd just drop. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's, it's I don't very know. in their wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm just giving away gold, you know. I'm hey, just so handing it out. Can I yeah, bring up really kind are. of a hot topic uh, yeah. that yes. uh, that isn't too controversial? That I don't. Well, there is some controversy surrounding this subject, but I want to hear your guys's like take on the whole AI thing. Like, uh, you know, are we Elliot's souls being downloaded into the? into the ai into ai what is that what the hell was that <laughs> what me huh what was that this is my headphones <laughs> oh you're charging them i got it <laughs> gross oh gosh that bell oh, my god it's been everywhere ah! <laughs> but i want to know how you guys feel about all this ai shit Steve, I have spent the past 12 weeks in a class called Technology and Psyche, and it's all about, it was all about post-humanism, the rise of AI, <sighs> and uh, technology in general. How and was that? Wait, wait, hey, spoiler, really Elliot's going to say, it's not good. Is... Uh, it doesn't seem good. <laughs> Is that the takeaway you got from, like, the future of AI? The, the takeaway, if I were to say there's a takeaway, it would probably be, A, there's not a lot to be concerned about. You have to have, like, instinct, and you have to have some kind of an embodied presence to be an actual fully formed human, like, to have a sense of soul. You have to be connected to your environment. That's what makes you a human. And you have to, like, have this war between your inner world and your outer world, and it creates personalities. You can't really do that with AI, so you can get cram them full of information, but it's not going to be, like... They're not going to have wisdom. They're not going to have, like, a soulful quality. Then they're not going to be able to communicate or wonder about, like, where they come from. If they start doing that, then we're all screwed. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good... But there's that's... a projectionism that's important yeah. with that as well. Because, right, Elliot, like, you're saying that they may not get to that point. But that may not matter. Because humans are dumb. And because we're dumb, we will project meaning into things so we can have that... Yep. So we can reflect our inner uh, desires upon ourselves from an outside source and use that as a as a mechanism to um, believe like projection. Or, yeah, or just straight up projection. So it's how we handle it, which is going to be the scary part. Um, uh, uh, Steve, I I don't want to say like I'm afraid of it, but I it's it's not right now. It's like kind of a cute, fun tool. Yeah. It's, it can be a fun yeah. tool, and it's cool. Um, I understand uh, why an artist would not like it. I understand why um, uh, some people see it as beneficial. All I know is that it's going way too fast, much like the internet, for our stupid human brains to comprehend <laughs> yeah, it. And I things agree. are going to be very different in a year, and we are not prepared for it. That yeah, I mean, I... Yes, that's what the big takeaway from our class is basically learning how to pause and reflect and slow down. 
because there's nothing we can do that's going to stop uh, what's coming. I think that, like, <clears throat> as a species, we we adapt pretty well, right? Like, especially now with what we have uh, access to at our fingertips. Like, I think we we have adapted to a lot of different huge waves of like technology and like we adapted to the internet we adapted to you know uh, telecommunication things like that big advances in technology so i feel like like you know as scary as it is like we'll just need to adapt to Perhaps. whatever's coming i mean the the problem is is that we're also uh in a in a time period that I would not uh, <laughs> I, I would akin as far as human thought goes uh, is probably closer to um, stepping towards the Dark Ages than the Renaissance. We seem yeah. to be clean. Mm. Mm. And Great. there are certain mm. groups of people Great. that are, are fighting mm. for that mightily. Mm-hmm. And because of it, because we are refusing to grow while this other thing is growing so fast, I think that adaptation will be incredibly hard. And I think uh, uh, when we had uh, the the brilliant Michael Reeves on our podcast and he was screaming for things like universal basic income, I think we need to be starting to think of stuff like that, but we are refusing to even like, even to step in the realm of curiosity and problem solving to address the possibility that the, the incredibly swift rise in AI, which can, take over and is taking over a bunch of um uh human currently uh human provided services yeah uh, will and are being swiftly replaced uh we are going to have a uh a chaotic problem of humans searching for purpose and also having the opportunity for purpose and that's a scary thought well i think I that i will i i think that that all aligns with like the idea of like uh, the humans adapting right like evolving like we evolve it's survival of the fittest it's all those things it's like how do we live as long as we possibly can and we follow the rules and we we kind of like do what we're told and and things like that and uh with ai it feels like with every major technological advancement some people are out of jobs some people are like lost they feel like they don't know what to do because these net these printing presses you know they took my job the original the original ai (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's like i think what we're talking about is in general is the advancement of technology right like technological advancements have helped humanity around every corner and of course there's always the bad shit that comes from technological advancements too but as a human who benefits directly from technological advancements i would never want to stop technology from advancing because without that i would die of the cold right well, ironically, you might in turn die from the heat due to the technological innovation that sees resources uh, as endless on the planet. And so the while there is like the kind of dark side of the technological revolution, it's only going to continue to grow as technology grows. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you would be more comfortable, but it's sort of like a frog in a pot situation. And unfortunately, because of the way that the climate change situation works, the people who are going to be most affected by it 
like Joe was kind of getting at, the economic disparity between people, it's going to affect the least among us worst first and yeah. the most among us best first. Yeah. And so that's a um, just something to like keep in mind. Yeah. Um, What's also like inevitable, though. Like it's inevitable. It is like, inevitable. We, and, we yeah, can't stop the planet Earth from dying. We can't stop climate change. It's already too far gone. So all we can, we can do, all we can do is adapt. That's it. A die or adapt. That's it. I was I was about to say you were operating with hope, Steve, but now I don't know if you are. <laughs> well, no, I, I hope I my hope is, is that we'll adapt. And some people, unfortunately, will see the negative effects of other people adapting to this like weird future technology boom world. But that's like part of the evolution of humanity. Like not everyone gets to enjoy the future, right? I, I think a lot of it is just bear in mind that every adaptation uh, loses something in the process. So like we, anytime we become more like, what is it, the Inuit? I think it's not Inuit, it's um some tribe in, uh, Canada, like northern Canada, like a Eskimo something type like culture like that. They got um, introduced. They would spend their their youth learning how to hunt and gather and do all this stuff and learn the landscape. And then what happened is they started adapting very slowly to technology. They started getting GPSs. The kids wanted GPSs. And then before you know it, a couple generations pass with these um, GPSs. The amount of uh, deaths that have occurred just in that like tribe are way 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 higher because their adaptation to technology uh unrooted them from understanding what their environment was and so it led to more and more deaths so it's like if you extrapolate that on a cultural level we might have more convenience with technology we will lose skills we'll lose connection to our environment we'll lose the ability to understand what we're doing in a bad way and so yeah. we'll have a horizontal growth but vertically as like being grounded individuals i think that might end up getting lost in the sauce a little bit and yeah i, think that's I mean the major concern i think if you look at history and you look back at humans uh reacting to the introduction of technology it goes a bunch of different ways, right? Like, uh, there's certainly unavoidable aspects of the techno technological boom and the like fucking roller coaster of technology we're on right now that will create all these yeah. horrible things for sure. But again, if I had the choice to end technology, if I had the choice to be like, Steve, you have the power to stop oh, technology yeah. right now well, i'd be like well no. <laughs> no i mean but that's a that's a that's a you're talking about like two sides of a coin and this is like more of a 500 sided die that we're rolling yeah exactly coin uh i there 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 is a hope right there's a hope with the conversation that we're talking about and that totally hope is what totally. you are talking about to a point steve which is adaptation yeah and the hope that in uh, adapting to this swiftly growing thing that we cannot understand and is probably already out of control um there that we can adapt and use all of these things for good and think about future generations and honestly the hope is the yeah. younger generations right now who seem to be like the ones that care about it and are trying to um make a change but just don't have control yeah <laughs> um that's that's where the hope is now i i think the history argument quite honestly only goes so far because 
there's been nothing like this in history. Every technological advancement prior to this, printing press, the plow, fucking fire, like they were these slow burning things. The industrial revolution, which was the swiftest fucking thing ever until mm -hmm. now, seems like a snail's pace to what yeah. we are dealing with and how fast we are going now. So I think we can't even we can't even count on the historical ramifications of prior technological revolution. I mean, I would disagree. Yeah. Uh, but only in the sense that I think you can you can look to the historical moments and get a rough idea of what might sure. happen. Like there's this one example of the when the speaking of the industrial revolution, it was about how they they had a specific illness back in the day. I think it was called like train sickness or something like that. But when the trains started Is that when you turn into in a train? <laughs> Yeah, it's when you turn into a train, you get and bit it's by very a train. painful. Very. That's painful. how we got trains, you guys. That was yeah. good. <laughs> My dad uh, was bit by a train. You start speaking chugga chugga instead of English. It's very complicated. God, but, I'm suddenly uh, hungry. I suddenly want coal. <laughs> uh, but basically, the trains were so loud and scared people so much that people started fainting. They were unable to, like, go to work because the speed of everything was moving so quickly. They also literally thought back then that the trains were scaring away the spirits in the mountains because they believed that. It doesn't matter if the spirits actually existed, but the fact that they thought that they were being scared away basically yeah. means that the technology moving quickly uh, does affect people's sense of, like, safety, essentially. But you're right that I believe that this whole idea that we're getting into, especially when you start getting into, like, we're going to be able to download our consciousnesses into the whatever, that's a whole different thing. I mean, maybe you could go back to, like, Frankenstein, which is kind of the similar story, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Crazy like, stuff. we won't be able to predict, like, there's not much you can predict from the, the technology boom. But as far as like human behavior goes, like Elliot was saying, like, I think people are scared of AI, like for real, like people were scared of how fast the trains go. And I think that the people who are scared are don't aren't thinking critically about like what how we can utilize this as a like potential way to you know help humanity you know uh learn new things ourselves like what i uh, to 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 uh, speak to the positives of this conversation as well um like i can't wait to see what kind of like organic tactile art comes from artists that are like okay so ai is taking my digital art like, I can't just go on my Wacom tablet and draw this beautiful thing that took me weeks to make sh and put it on the internet and get attention for it anymore. Because now anyone could just type in beautiful forest into a thing and get a painting that might be even better than the one that the guy organically made. So what I want to see is that artist go, instead of being like, my life is over, I want that artist to be like, fuck it. I'm going to do shit AI can't do. I'm going to go and and potentially this could reinvigorate like, you know, things like film, celluloid yeah. film. We'll see artists, students, young kids growing up in this AI dominated world making like amazing art as a result of it. There's already think, uh, oh. stories about kids doing having old cameras now. Like in I love it. 
Records have outsold CDs and everything else for the first time in years and years. Yeah, like there's always going to yeah. be like a need for the human connection element, and that's where kind of like my head goes for for some of the like the hope in it. Like you, you cannot, you immediately are always going to be like as a human project your your own experience into projecting what's going to go down the line. So for us, we are quote unquote uh, entertainers or artists or comedians. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you start going like, how is it going to affect me? And you, it could, right. At first you thought at first you were like, this is a job that won't ever be overtaken by AI. But now AI is writing comedy. It's mm-hmm. writing poetry. It's writing songs. Uh, some of it might, you might argue is better, but I do think that, and it's probably already happening. YouTubers, for example, there's probably a YouTuber out there right now who everything they say, even without telling you, is AI generated art? Yeah, be it, be it comedy, be it a monologue, be it whatever. Totally, totally. But there still needs to be that personality behind mm-hmm. it. I still think there that personalities will continue to totally. sell even in the rise of AI. It's missing something, Dude, yes. Got yeah. an uncanny valley quality. We lived through like we weren't Joe. You more so than Elliot and I, but we all kind of lived through the the birth of YouTube. And then the boom of making potentially millions of dollars in your own bedroom. Speaking of, me on talk- these, don't forget. Of course, yeah. Of sitting in your own bedroom and talking to your camera and suddenly you can be a millionaire. And then everyone rushing into that concept of I could be a millionaire in my bedroom and then oversaturating that and then creating the need for things like Vine and... uh TikTok now, where Meerkat, Meerkat, of course. Periscope, sorry, Uh, yeah, (laughs) Foursquare. But all of these things that everyone like, I like to, I like to call TikTok a fame simulator, because it is. It gives you a little taste of what we use, like we're on the cutting edge of in the YouTube days. It lets you have a taste of like getting a hundred thousand views on a thing you made in your bedroom, and uh, and I think that for us, Joe, as artists and Elliot as uh, creatives, uh, it made it oversaturated the market of social media entertainers. All everyone wanted to rush and get in on this like money boom for being an entertainer and shit. But Joe, what Joe said is true. You can be a beautiful looking person or a unique looking person and have your money and all the (laughs) things that you can put into creating a piece of content. But if you don't have the personality for it, and if you don't have the like it factor, like it is what it is basically. And it becomes a survival of the fittest kind of thing. Yeah. If you don't have that daily wire, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, charisma with a capital C, you're not going to make it, baby. Not anymore. I'm talking Michael Knowles. I'm talking yes. freaking yeah. Gavin yes. McGinnis, bro. Yes. Candace Owen. Speaking of underwear. What do we have here? We've got an ad for my undies, me undies. Yes. Whoa. Guys, look. Technology is scary. The future is scary. Uncertainty is terrifying. 
The weight of uncertainty crushes our souls every morning as we awake. But have you ever asked yourself, when was the last time you treated yourself to something quality? You asking? You asking us? Yeah, we're not. I don't, I'm, look, I'm not every calling you basic. Every time I take a shower. I know I you're not basic, Elliot, and I know you're not basic, Joe. Thank you. We get it. Sometimes it feels like quality things are out of reach. See, when you break it down this slow, it really does go into that uncanny valley AI kind of deal that makes me super uncomfortable. But now that MeUndies oh. is available on the MeUndies website, Amazon, and Nordstrom stores across the country, Amazon, you don't have to choose between quality and convenience. Mm. Convenience is something we were talking about. Technology created convenience. MeUndies is offering 25% off plus free shipping on your first order when you order through their website the undies are ripe for the taking gross <laughs> ripe <laughs> now look uh, I, I love to treat myself i love it hedonism and you know when i come home from working hard you know, whatever it is, all I want to do is strip down to my birthday suit, right to the skins, and slip on a fresh, straight from the package, me undies pair of underwear. And it, that's it. It truly is an experience. It's, I'm telling you, you've never you felt a softer. I do do that. You've yes. never felt a softer fabric on your body. If I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before going to bed, I'll put on a new MeUndies, and it's yeah. really nice. And then yeah. you're like, oh. it's Are like still slip- doing that? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like slipping your legs into a freshly washed linen, set of linens. I would contend it's better than that. But these linens are for your loinens. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that right, Joe? <laughs> How do we learn? How do we get these? I'll tell you how we get them. I'll tell you how you get them. I'm telling you, as I said, shopping for me undies has never been easier, guys. In the mood, and, and in the uh, and in the mood to feel their uh, famous fabric, guys, and the, and their fun prints. Like right now, what do I have? I have little martini glasses. That's fun. I'm wearing me undies with little martini glasses, and it's really cute. That's fun. And I'm treating myself right now. And guys, look, the MeUndies website is the best way to explore all the undies and apparel they have to offer from men's and women's undies to joggers to socks to bralettes. I don't know if they still have. Look at that. Joe's got skulls. Nice. That's MeUndies. Those are great. I wish I had those. Oh, and those these really pants. Cool Dude, yeah, the pants, the onesies. I mean, MeUndies just makes really comfortable lounge wear and underwear. I will never put another pair of underwear on my body again that isn't me undies and i you could you could put that on my gravestone so to get 25% off your first order and free standard shipping head to meundies.com/valley that's meundies.com/valley the sale is only available for online purchases and remember 
if you're not a hundred percent satisfied, it's on them. Boom. Boom. Nicely Boom. done, Steve. Thank you. It's um, always nice to truly like the thing that you're yeah. for. It really, is. I know, I know. It, it changes everything. <laughs> Uh, uh, wrapping up the AI conversation uh, at the end of the day right now I think it can be very ba- uh, valuable if you use it as a tool I have a, a close friend that was like I didn't want to work on my resume so I just told chat CPT uh, all of my stats GPT. Uh, the GPT whoops uh, and it was uh, like hey uh, here's a resume yeah <laughs> and it, you know yeah I know it really and, is great and why not you know yeah, I like I think that we've we're leaning into technology being about convenience, right? Like convenience is what this class of humanity is really on board for. Don't you think that like for most people, it feels like technology is, is uh, a research and providing convenience for, for humans. It's an archetypal Titanic compulsion toward uh, uh, kind of uh, Icarus-type flying too close to the sun, then it's going to ultimately destroy us, and that's why we're never going to be able to be the aliens for other aliens. We're never going to make it, because we're going to end up blowing ourselves up because of our cool-ass technology. And then when that happens, when we're both on fire, when all three of us are on fire, we're still going to be recording a goddamn MeUndies ad. I know. going down, and then we're going to be like, what? It's worth it, because it's convenient. And then we're going to watch our flesh (laughs) melt off, and we're going to end up in hell. It's That's so convenient, they deliver it right to your fire, dirty you, hands. Yeah, and if you die in a fire, you automatically go to hell. A lot of people don't know that. So you have to be very careful with technology. <laughs> can I pitch Can I pitch a product to you guys? <laughs> if you die in a fire, you automatically you go to automatically hell. <laughs> I've never heard that sentence, and it's so funny. It's horrifying. It's, so funny. it's horrifying. A lot of people don't know you die in a fire, oh, you go to hell. Because, like, you know, it's because a lot of those Christian values are very based in, like, fear and scaring you into not doing something that it benefits their like being on fire motivations. So it's like when they're like, don't kill yourself or you'll go to hell. It's a way to scare people to not killing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're saying if you die in a fire, you go to hell. Like that's a pure accident. Sometimes. Yep. <laughs> sometimes no, we're trying you to most of the time. <laughs> trying to save that like point zero 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 one percent that choose to self emulate. Yeah, at a protest or whatever. That guy. Okay, is, can I pitch that. a product? <laughs> Let me pitch a product to you guys real quick. Tell me if this fits into the future of convenience. You ever been walking around a public place and hey, you're sharks. with your Hello, sharks, <laughs> sharks, <laughs> sharks. You ever been walking around a public place and you're with your loved ones, your partner, whatever, and you're carrying too much stuff. Let's simplify this. You're carrying a soda pop and you're walking around and you're significant other partner friend is carrying nothing it, have you ever just subconsciously been like hand the cup over because you don't want to hold it anymore <laughs> sharks i've been the victim of this crime you've been the victim of this crime but you've never been the perpetrator you've never been like i'm gonna hand this cup over to the person not holding something in my subconscious because they're gonna take it and then i don't have to hold it anymore 
You ever been in that? So my wife would love this product. What I would say, so the product I'm pitching is this. It's a backpack that you wear that has a human hand. (laughs) (laughs) That could hold cups, grocery bags, (laughs) shopping bags. It's doing this. It's just there. It's just there. And you're like, oh, honey, can you hold this? Just put the little soda can in it. There we go. Okay, great. Then you got your hands free. And I know what you're saying, sharks. Is this thing going to whack into people when I'm walking around when it's not in use? Great point. Thank you. The hand can be moved down out of the way of people. It can be brought in and and create a hug. What kind of weight... um... Can this thing hold? I mean, if we're doing grocery bags, are, this, are we looking at 20? 143 pounds? I mean, that's a lot of groceries. <laughs> Mark, that's a, a lot of groceries. So you could put your kid on this thing. Now, your I imagine can... <laughs> for it to be 143 pounds, there's got to be a counterweight somewhere in the it. So backpack. are you carrying a, a very heavy? <laughs> That's, yes, it is very Is there heavy. another arm that extends directly back to balance out? Like No, but we're working on a dual arm to balance it, a dual arm system. You could buy yeah. another arm and attach it to the backpack. And now you got two arms to hold things for you. One of the older definitions of technology is that it tries to speed up uh, the time it takes nature to do things. Mm. So uh, that's what you're doing because the nature came up with. <laughs> yeah, nature gave us this pretty crazy appendages because we turns out need them. Yeah, <laughs> so let's but have like another one. <laughs> because if we're talking about a future of convenience, like how? Because I mean, if I was like. The Sham Wow guy, or whoever was behind Sham Wow, Jonathan would, Sham Wow. People who go to Shark Tank, I'd be like, "What is inconvenient right now that would make things more convenient that hasn't already been capitalized on and and created into merchandise?" Do you know something? Can I just say something that I've gotten recently in the house? It's incredibly convenient that I Please. think you guys should know about. It's a towel Toilet. Uh, warmer. Ooh. Tell me about it. That's some boot. Can... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I know. It is uh-oh. pretty. Uh-oh. 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 Joe, you were, you were st- your internet cut out a lot, and we couldn't hear anything you said. It was like, that's a oh, boot. I said that was a boot. Oh. I said um, that's some bougie shit. Yes, yeah, it's bougie, it is. But <laughs> that is bougie. It's so but convenient, um, gratuitous, and you you can put your underwear in there, and by the time you get out of the shower, um, oh. everything is. Oh my very god! Nice. So if you think meundies are good, lukewarm? Oh. You got to bake those babies up a little bit, dude. But you don't want that in the summer, summer, summertime. Summertime. That's true, but we live in L.A., so apparently that's never gonna happen. I know. This weather, <laughs> am I right? Guys, we had a tornado touchdown. Did you see that? What? Did when? Really? Yeah, like our last We're Thursday. Out I'm out of what? here. What? Where did yeah. it go? Where? Uh, might have been a little. Sa- but anyways, it was in the Los Angeles area. What? A the tiny fuck? little tornado to like rip the rip the roof off a building. What the Ooh, fuck? You do not saw, want to know where you die, where you go if you die in a tornado. I, I saw tell you that right. Uh, tornado <laughs> hell, tornado <laughs> hell. You go to want, tornado hell. You you go to Kansas. Uh, I saw I saw a meme that was like, uh. 
L- California or people who live in LA are considering moving to Seattle where it's sunnier. That's a funny, very, very, like, not for a very big audience. Not at all. No. Man, what happened in California? We used to be on top. We used to be perfect weather, perfect uh, street, clean beaches, clean streets. Okay. (laughs) Do you think technology had something to do with it? Yeah, I think so. I have a All question right. for you, Steve. Yes. Real quick. So uh, the, the AI art brought me back to something that I made over at React last week. I did a video of uh, Guess the 90s cartoon show based off of the AI art's artistic interpretation. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> so I just like I just asked AI to be, I was like, make a, make a abstract cubist rendering of Pinky in the Brain. And yeah. then it would. And then I made him guess. And it was cool. fun. But you could also go to the, like, the level of, I was like, uh, show me a bunch of sticks and mud and leaves of this cartoon show. And it did. And Whoa. it was crazy. And it was fun. But then it made me think of another video that I did over at React. And I did the uh, the history of Mario movies and TV shows <gasps> leading up to, like, the the Mario yeah. movie coming out. Yeah. And there's a, you know, you know the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Of course. You saw that. You saw you saw freaking uh, the adventures of Super Mario Brother 3 and Super Mario World. Yes. But did you know there are a couple of others? And I wanted oh, to yeah. see yeah. if you knew all about them. Did you know yeah. about King Koopa's yeah. cool cartoons? Yeah. And by the way, I saw this as a kid. You did not. Because it aired in Cal- – it was like a California – it was like an only in California show. You're the only one. <laughs> yeah, dude. Me and my brother watched that show, and they would give away stuff. Dude, Elliot, this show – it was, was insane. It was called King Koopa's Cool Cartoons, and it was basically like a Bozo the Clown or Barney <laughs> yeah, type show yeah. where this really scary looking yeah, like, like painted face with like a prosthetic mask. It was a Koopa costume, <laughs> like really weird. The whole really? intro, the whole yeah. intro is him like going down Hollywood Boulevard. Dude, like, I remember the song and everything. Dude, it was he's weird. Stealing, he's like taking kids with him, and then he infiltrates a, a clown's television show, basically beats the crap out of everybody, takes over the show, and he's like, yeah. it's my show now. Yeah, and then the audience is like, I think they're wearing little crowns Koopa, or something. And Koopa. they love it. So it was they like an it. evil guy show where the audience was like into the evil guy shit. Mm-hmm. But you would think, what do you do on that show? And guess what? The creators thought the same thing because they didn't know. So what the <laughs> show was is that he would play the kids in the live studio audience cartoon clips from the 1920s and 1930s because it was public domain yeah that was the show yeah and then he wow. gave away stuff he gave away like game boys and like x or not xbox but like sega and shit and shit well koopa should not be giving away a sega uh, <laughs> i'll be i'll be looking that up it's pretty uh, evil you won't find shit you Ellie. won't you'll find like really? a really shitty it's intro. really obscure yeah uh everything was like burned well <laughs> like, it's funny they made 60 episodes and you can't find any of them yeah they're all lost and destroyed or whatever yeah it's funny you you guys bring this up because i did have a thought earlier this week about something to bring up on the podcast and i figured you guys might be able to relate to this but you're familiar with the nelson Man- the mandela effect yes mm-hmm. yeah so it's one thing i think to be like okay weird things happen we can all like have weird collective memories change but there is one particular one and maybe i brought it up on the podcast before but i can't get i can't wrap my head around it 
and reading other people's descriptions of this particular Mandela effect have confirmed my like belief that there's something very strange here. But specifically, you're familiar with the the movie that Shaq starred in as a genie. Shazam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about Shazam. Yeah, uh, or Kazam. Is Kazam. It Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. Did you guys understand Shazam starring Shaq. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, which is going to be great, too. Did you guys, are you familiar with another genie movie that starred Sinbad around that time? (laughs) Yes. Yes. What was it called? What was it called? Exactly. Kazam or Shazam. And everyone remembered being like, whoa, it's so weird that they just did another, like, genie movie where it looks like they ripped off the Sinbad one. Oh, it was Shazam. Yeah, that that Sinbad movie never existed. It never existed. There is no Sinbad genie movie, but the collective consciousness. It's very strange to me. Very strange. You know what I think it's like, Elliot? It's like when. Yeah, dude, there isn't one. It It really bothers me. It still bothers me. It is an itch that is yet to be scratched. Funny or Die did a sketch that makes it look like Sinbad. They make it look like a 90s movie. Uh, Uh, Can you help me articulate? The similarities between the Mandela effect and, um, you oh. know, like, you know, like, Wait, hold this... up. We need to cut back to the moment that I was 100% on board with this movie existing. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. everybody, a lot of people feel this way, Joe. And it's, it's usually older millennials. Yeah. We all have a very specific memory of there being two genie movies, one starring Shaq, one starring Sinbad. And most people recall the Sinbad movie coming out prior to the Shaq movie. Dude, the one that really fucked me up even, more. People even talk about remembering the exact cover. And it's yeah. the exact cover I remember. Like, yeah. he's got his arms folded and everything, even though it's very much what the Shaq one looks like. Yeah. Crazy. Sorry, what were you saying? There's a there's another one that really blew my mind that maybe Joe would be more uh, receptive to. But do you know the, the, the uh, Fruit of the Loom logo one? Have you looked into yeah. that one? Yeah, I've heard about that one. There was a there, Joe. Do you remember a Fruit of the Loom logo that was like a cornucopia with fruit in it? Yes. And Does it not was, exist? It's not. It doesn't exist. Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> dude. Also, Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon doing Publishers Clearinghouse. Yep, not real. Not did real. It. Didn't exist. It was a completely different thing. <laughs> didn't happen. It nope. didn't happen. We made it Joe. up. I know. It's crazy. It really makes you feel like okay, there was some sort of time dimension, really yeah, like a dimension blended into ours, and our consciousness is just like reloaded, like when you reload a website. And it's I don't got believe any of this. It. I don't believe any of these lies. It's crazy, dude. Look into it. It'll blow your mind. Uh, but Elliot, is there some connection between the Mandela effect and? The idea that like you, you you can take a bite out of something and be like, okay, that tastes good. And then someone takes a bite out of it and goes like, hmm, it tastes like uh, chocolate a little bit. And then the person who bit it before that was like, yeah, it did taste like chocolate a little bit, yeah, but it didn't. Maybe. Yeah. Is there uh, a like connection you think? Yeah, yeah. Power of suggestion. It just certainly seems like I we all remember it so i know strange. but i but is it because it's so similar i'm so weirded out Sinbad. <laughs> i know it's so... weird joe the fruit of the loom one really fucked me up it kept that's, me up. yeah the the Sinbad one uh confuses me the most but um it definitely is like something got you know uh the theory basically is in 2012 the world ended and we didn't know about it which makes sense because that's when we started source yeah 
like Y2K, like when the when computers yeah. reset, like so did our whole world. Like the whole world just reset. Yep. And That's then it was like, wow. Nuts. Uh, did you ever watch Club Mario? No. What's that? <laughs> the fuck is club mario all right so there's the super mario brothers super show yeah if y'all didn't know it's the mario brothers and plummets a game and not not the other who get all the thing one of the greatest television cartoon show theme songs ever right it mm-hmm. featured uh, a cartoon show but it was basically bookended by two live action segments of uh two very old versions of mario and <laughs> very Lu- old and like kind of sketchy just like <laughs> Old ass Mario and Luigi live action. The like, Luigi guy looks like he'd try to sell me a watch out of his jacket. Yeah, and, <laughs> and borderline stereotypically offensive. Pretty and, bad. <laughs> so in the eighties, they were it, right? Like it was, we're gonna go spend our time with these old dudes, and then we're gonna go on to our lives. But in the nineties, TV execs were like, "Well, I don't know if these old, old, old." versions of Mario and Luigi are going to cut it with these 90 kids. They need something else. So they took them off of the packaging and they replaced them with a show called Club Mario where two like Brendan Fraser and Sino Man type 90s kids with backwards hats and hyper color t-shirts were on a set saying stuff like, yo bro, no it's way. time for the Mario show. Did that it, air? That aired? Did. And How I many episodes? It, and it's crazy. There's there's the compilations of all of like the the, Whoa, the book ending. I've never heard of this. Dude, it's nuts. It's like <laughs> instead of we're the Mario Brothers and Plumbing's our game, it goes, hey, Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Same Mario head, but then it goes <clears throat> static. And then it goes to this like basically highlight no, reel of like, like MTV Cribs style. Windsurfing clips and skateboarders. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come to him on this set. Dude, you have to check it out. Club Mario. Have Club you guys Mario. heard the theory and then we'll get the fuck out of here? Have you guys heard the theory that uh i guess this was like canonical way back in the day but there's a mario brothers manga when super mario 64 came out that shows like what happens when mario dies like basically mario dies and is like wherever he dies he just like goes into the ground and then mushrooms grow out of him and that's where all the mushrooms come from from him dying yeah, like the green ones are when Luigi dies, and the red ones are when Mario dies, and they grow the mushrooms that you like use. Love Beautiful. it. That's awesome. Cool. Isn't like that interesting? The, um, the uh, luminous stones in Breath of the Wild are, uh, mm. light up because of the souls of the dead. Ooh, that's Elliot, cool. have you that's have you beautiful. pre-ordered? Have you pre-ordered the new one? You can do that now. I know. I saw. I haven't done it yet, but I need to. I'm quite excited. Yeah. Grace and I have been getting into a game called Pokemon Snap, but we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Boy, is that an exciting conversation. <laughs> uh, also, I just looked up this Koopa thing, and this is terrifying and hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's my show now. I remember so wanting crazy. something from – because you could win something from him on the show. Like you'd write your name or like you'd send in a, a postcard or something, and then you got entered into a thing to win. Yeah stuff there's also um the super mario brothers movie you know the one that tanked the idea of ever doing super mario content ever again for 30 years until this masterpiece that we're about to watch yeah um there was a movie before that there was a uh 19 like 86 
uh, Japanese anime Mario movie that's pretty cool. And you can find it on YouTube. Oh. It's an hour long. There's subtitles and stuff like that, but it's pretty dope. You should check it out. It's called it's animated. That's cool. The Adventure to Save Princess Peach. Oh, I love that. I want to see yeah. that. Give it a look. Um, all right. Well, guys, thank you all so much for joining us today. There's no Hollywood. Uh, I didn't. I, I mean, I did have actually some some stuff planned uh, for the Hollywood uh, moment where we talked about Hollywood. Nobody wants to hear it, uh, but no one wants to Don't hear it. Shit. But I do want to say that the there was one piece of news that I was going to read that the headline is Sam Neill remembers the late Robin Williams by saying, quote, the saddest person I ever met. Oh, that's our so, time, everybody. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you to MeUndies. Thank you to the patrons. Thank you to all the everyone else listening. Kevin. Go watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs>